podcast where we talk about PUBG. I'm your host, Robin. And I'm Arjuna. So, yeah, this week, new week, I'm still in Spain, and I haven't been playing, but I'm going to try to keep up with any of the updates uh, Arjuna's been keeping abreast of and um, can still talk about the game from as many hundreds of hours of gameplay, so... Yeah, did you want to kick us off with some Patreon shoutouts? Yeah, yeah, totally. So, um, just wanted to give a shout out to AJ, and uh, we also Patreon member Joe increased his commitment. So, thank you guys so much. Really uh, appreciate that. And also, just wanted to thank you for, you know, all of you guys who are currently patrons, your early adopters, and you know, we haven't figured out a reward structure yet. We at the kind of the monetization and handling money is is a little further down the line in terms of um, our planning for this podcast. So we just really appreciate people kind of taking the leap and jumping in and just supporting us out of the goodness of their hearts. And just know that we will we will find a way to reward you guys. So don't worry, we haven't forgotten about that. Also, I wanted to say uh, we've we've been adding some items and fleshing out our Discord channel, and I'm pretty excited about this. And and just so you know, if you're a listener and you're looking for more ways to engage with this podcast, or you uh, maybe you want to pick up some more people to play with, or maybe you're looking to improve your game, uh, I think that the Discord is like a great resource for that. It's it's already full of really really nice, cool people. Um, of all different skill levels. And so, you know, I, I think wh- whatever level you're at, whether you're just starting or whether you're like a really dedicated player who's looking to hook up with other really high skilled players, you can find those on our Discord. And of course, it's growing every day. So I just want to encourage you guys to join us there. Yeah, yeah. Don't play alone. So, yeah, I've had some really great games on there. And I've had an average of like one team kill per night. So, you know, don't, uh, don't be too afraid. <laughs> It's, uh, you know, the, the statistics are in your favor. Let's put it that way. You say one, one team kill a night is not a lot. Like, you probably won't kill them. I, yeah, I, I probably won't kill you <laughs> listening to this. So we've added the Streaming Now channel. So yeah, if you're streaming and you just want to put the word out to our community of people, this is a great way to do it. You know, if you're just getting started at streaming, this is an excellent way to get to know it and maybe you can get some sympathetic faces in there watching you. Also, we've added the Polls channel. And so from now on, whenever we do a poll on anything, we're going to be putting it here. Um, So... Again, like if you're new to the Discord, you can just swing by and kind of leave your opinion on any various subjects that you're interested in. We also have a learning resources channel. Um, and this, this is the one I'm most excited about because this podcast is all about helping you to get better at the game. We've put out a couple of videos, Chicken Dinner Anatomy, just taking you through the thought process of getting a chicken dinner. And then uh, my plan is to also put in videos that other people have posted pros or whoever's making good videos that that are really educational about the game i'm going to be putting those in there too and so if you have any suggestions for cool videos or resources that have helped you learn to play the game then uh, go ahead and email them to us at winnerpodcast at gmail.com or you can post them to us in our show feedback channel or maybe our sweet vids channel in our discord Anyway, yeah, it's just a great place, and I hope that you choose to come and hang out. And and just one further note, I know that Discord is a PC software, but we have like a really thriving Xbox community of people in there too. So definitely cross-platform. Don't feel shy if you're on the Xbox. We'd love to have you. 
Um, and then just just one more community thing here. Um, we've had some submissions for our 10 tips and tricks episode, which we're going to be doing next week. And so that's really awesome. Thank you guys for doing that. And we definitely need more of those. So um, if you've been thinking about it, but you just haven't done it yet, then send those in and uh, we'll give you a shout out on the show. It'd be really cool. So yeah, Robin, do you want to take us into current events in PUBG? Sure. All right. So right now it looks like we don't have a new patch coming out for PC or Xbox anytime soon. It's just been all quiet on the Western front. Yeah, so no no new juicy updates to talk about and dissect. I've been really curious to see if there's been any difference from the last one uh, concerning cheating and whether or not people are running into fewer cheaters. Um, I would love to hear on that. Arjuna's been playing mostly, you've been playing um, first person, which we didn't really have a lot of cheaters in first place. And so uh, you're saying you haven't really noticed whether or not it's increased or decreased or whatever yeah i haven't noticed a difference um yeah i i would be really curious like if any of you guys play in third person and uh, you have any thoughts or observations about it i'd definitely love to hear about it we've we've had an update as well about miramar and apparently blue hole's just like yep it's coming but it's not ready yet for the xbox so um we don't really know when that's going to be released but I'm glad that they're talking about it. Um, apparently, they've been testing it for about two months, and they just really want to make sure it's ready for you guys. So uh, I'm glad that they're testing it, actually, because getting stuck on things sucks, and you know, there's a lot that can go wrong, as you know. So uh, one cool thing that Bluehole will be doing soon is they're going to be releasing a development timeline uh, for both platforms. And so it's going to give the community just a lot more kind of peace of mind mm. as far as what they're going to be working on. Mm. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really excited that they're doing this. Mm-hmm. It's kind of amazing to me, to be honest, that like I care that, that much about a game and that a lot of people do that. Like we really want to know like what's going on. Yeah. Like we basically want like the internal notes of like what they're doing. You know, it's definitely a reminder that we're in this age of gaming where the game never feels done. There's always updates. Like I'm thinking even about like my console days playing things like Call of Duty, things like that. Like I just never thought about them adding anything new. Every now and then they might add a little bit of DLC for the maps, but anyway, we're kind of feeling entitled to like know exactly like what this company's doing and what they're going to do with the game. And it's like, I, you know, it's important to me. I like want to know this stuff. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I agree. It's kind of cool to have a window into a game that's being actively developed. And mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever had the experience before of like just playing a game religiously and, and seeing every little tweak roll out and, and mm-hmm. noticing, you know, it makes me realize how much I take for granted on games that are really polished. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I, have a, I have a nephew who doesn't have a PC or an Xbox. And so um, I'll talk to him about gaming sometimes. And I feel like when he actually starts playing this game, when it's like on his PlayStation platform where he gets a PC, he'll, we'll be talking about it and I'll be like, oh yeah, I remember back when that feature was first added, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. In my day, we couldn't even follow exactly. the things, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
So it's nice. I, I for one, really appreciate Blue Hole. I actually think that they do a good job of rolling things out quickly. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it's like some game companies take like months to to just take care of some very small quality of life things. So I think, you know, Blue Hole's doing a lot more than that. So Mm -hmm. I'm really cool. I, I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 you know, someday this game will have a color palette too. I can just see it like, in the future. <laughs> oh, like what? Check this out, Robin. We actually had input from uh, one of our listeners who said that you can, if you have an NVIDIA graphics card, you can actually go into your settings and you can change your uh, vibrance, your color saturation. Mm. Dude, yeah. I have one of those. Is it per game, I wonder, or if it, is it global? I, I don't know. I actually haven't tried it myself. I'm gonna I'm definitely going to do that. That is awesome. Yeah, okay. yeah. It's a great suggestion. And I wish, you know, I wrote it down somewhere, and clearly I have lost it because I was going to give that cool listener a shout-out. That's why, well, at least you mentioned the tip. Um, yeah. yeah. That's why I bitch. Some, someone's going to, like, tell me how to fix it. Yeah, no, yeah. You're you're like, you have a good history with this. I feel like every time you've complained about something, we've had a listener, like, give us the solution. You know, bitching is a strategy, man. Yeah, you guys are great, is is what I really take from this. So yeah, whoever you were, we love you. Anyway, I'm stoked to jump into our topic today mm-hmm. we we haven't given a show overview so here it is our weapon highlight today is going to be the king of the sniper rifles the awm or the queen you know then for our location highlight we're talking about the one and the only mm. military base on erangel which is just clearly amazing and then for our main topic we're going to be talking about a particular strategy for improving your game, which I have a lot of opinions about and kind of feel a bit soapboxy about. So I'm excited to get into all of that, but let's take it away with the AWM. All right. So this is a gun that I feel like just seemed like an obvious target, so to speak, um, as a gun to cover Hey-o. from the beginning. Because it's <laughs> exactly, thank you. It's just like the biggest baddest gun in the game and usually we'll introduce a gun by saying it's oh it's so controversial this one <laughs> yeah just not controversial i mean i don't i don't think there's there's one little drawback we'll get into later but pretty much if you have the chance to pick up the arm you're gonna pick it up so yeah yep. every time um yeah so kind of uh the main thing about this is it's it stands for Arctic Warfare Weapon, or Magnum, rather. Arctic oh, Warfare Magnum. I never knew that. And, yeah, it's a real gun. It's, um, it's cold, people. This gun is cold. Yeah, I don't remember why it's an Arctic Warfare Magnum, but <laughs> it actually does have something to do with the Arctic and that kind of warfare, apparently, um, from my it's memory. Just, it's long and cold, man. Yep. Those polar bears, man. You gotta, <laughs> they, they take some shooting. Yeah. So super high hit power. Um, I think it out hit powers the next one by almost 50%, which is the M24. Yeah. So it's like a 132 hit power. Yeah, it's redonkulous, by the way. Damage, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, this is enough. It's enough power to one-shot any unarmored opponent any way you hit them, which is amazing. Yep. 
And it'll even like, you know, if you have some damage on you or if you're, you know, wearing a lower tier vest, you know, you can still get one shot by this fairly regularly. And then of course, it's the ultimate headshot weapon because it kills anyone with any helmet at any amount of health, no matter what, <laughs> if, the, if you get a headshot on them. So just, you know, stop and, stop and take that in. Right, yeah. I remember last week we talked about the car. The car did 81 damage on a level 3 helmet. And yeah. I don't know that exactly what the damage count, but it's more than 100. So yeah. there you go. Um, I think that was well known, but... Yeah. Um, so yeah, I said that the hit power is high. It should be clear it's the damage. So 132 damage. And then also the body impact power is monstrous. And it, yeah. it is, uh, what is it, 40,000? 40,000. All right. So for comparison, your the highest the ARs get is 10,000. And that's the um, AK, yeah. Yep. Yep, AK and the... Um, other one grows up with oh, 10,000. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. And then, so this one, 40,000. All of the other sniper rifles, they can get up to 20,000, such as the M24. Even the, the MK14 gets up to 20. Mm. Yeah, um, so does the SKS. And the SKS. Yeah. yeah. What the hell the VSS does? I didn't know that. <laughs> Wait, really? <laughs> yeah. That's what it says. That is insane. That's, that's it's like the, like to imagine chintziest bullet in the game (laughs) yeah it's twenty thousand. it's a pea shooter but boy you don't want to get hit by that thing man (laughs) that is nuts that'll make you drop your beverage yeah wow okay i was curious when i was looking at the stats like how this the bullet uh the time between shots would Mm. be compared to the other bolt action Mm -hmm. and it's actually right between the car 98 and the m24 Mm, okay Okay. And they're all in the same ballpark. So this one's at 1.85 seconds between shots. Mm. Uh, M24 is slightly lower at 1.8. And then the Car 98 is at 1.9. Mm. Okay. So yeah, it's right in the middle. It's not you know, a huge difference either way. Yeah, Bolt yeah. action snipers all have roughly the same time between shots. Mm-hmm. So that does that. And oh, Big thing about this one, obviously it has a different ammo type, the .300, and Magnum. it's pretty limited. Yeah, this is the only Magnum ammo in the game. When we first, when you first pick it up from a crate, how many rounds are there usually? Twenty. Is it twenty? That's yeah. a lot. Okay. Yeah, cool. you get twenty shots. Um, if you're lucky, you know you can find it. And keep chasing crates, and you'll just, you might just find keep, another one just and just keep. get the ammo. <laughs> yeah. I've seen people like, you know, somehow like, you know, they'll kill someone else who has an arm and then they can go steal their bullets. Yeah. So uh, it's definitely not one where you can spam the map. Like, if you're in a long, you can't be shooting people at, you know, 800 meters just to see if you get lucky. You, I mean, you could try. You could. Yeah. You I'm could. not going to stop you. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because I've had that thought, like, you know, oh, I need to be careful. I don't waste my ammo. And usually when I have an AWM, I die. That's the kind of that'll get you killed. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) I die with like 18 bullets left. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's like, how many sniper shots do you actually take throughout the game? I mean, of course, if you have an SKS or whatever, it's a different story. But like with any of the bolt Mm -hmm. action guns, like how many shots do you really take? You know? 
So that's a little, you know, it's one of the main reasons why I think people will often prefer the M24 over the AWM because, you know, the M24 takes regular Mm -hmm. 762 ammo. But I I would like to challenge you, whoever have that opinion, to just keep track of your shots and... I, I imagine that the number of people who actually run out of AWM ammo is like next to none ever. That's just mm-hmm. my assertion. You know, maybe if you're playing like some, if you're playing in squads and you're having some really drawn out firefights and there's a lot of rezzing and stuff like that, then, you know, you might kind of get into that territory. I think in solos, it's, it's highly unlikely you're ever going to run out of ammo. Mm-hmm. Unless you're just really terrible, which could happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. it has been known to happen before. So yeah, uh, a few other things about this gun. the The bullet speed on this gun is uh, nine ten. So that's right. that's like it's pretty up there. It's not the fastest bullet in the game, but it's pretty zippy. It's the most laser beamy for the bolt action snipers, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So that's significant. And it's it's kind of tricky because obviously it's a long range gun and the difference in bullet speeds of the ARs and things that doesn't matter quite as much because you're not usually doing these long range battles where you have to um, estimate the lead and the drop. Mm. And with the obviously with the sniper rifle you have to be pretty well attenuated to that to guess it. Mm-hmm. And so usually it's just trial and error anyway. But yeah. It's it's nine ten bullet speed. Uh, for comparison, the M twenty four is seven ninety. It's and, like substantially slower. Yeah, and yeah. then the car is slower than that at seven sixty. Mm-hmm. So uh, almost highest in class for snipers, except the mini fourteen is at nine ninety. So that's yeah. that's the most laser beamy of them all, I think. I think so um, too. Yeah, not sure what the Winchester's at, but it's it's pretty high too. Mm, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I wish this page had the the Winchester because I think that is technically a sniper. Mm. But I haven't even seen stats on that gun. I wonder if I think you know we're looking at a page that has data mine stuff from way back and yeah, exactly. I don't know if anyone's got the data on that one, but um, anyway, fast bullet, strong bullet. Um, oh, also has the highest um, zeroing range, so mm. the. The M24 can go up to 800 meters for zeroing. This one goes up to 1,000. Nice. And the highest any of the other snipers go is 800. So there's a couple of, like the, uh, what is it, SKS and the MK14 get up mm. to 800 as well. Mm. R98, only 600. Damn, so, son. This is, this is the gun, yeah. guys. This, Pick this it up is it. Go chase some crates. This is it. Get a 15 times scope. Just lay it down. If if I had to pick one word to describe this gun, it's a downer. Like the AWM <laughs> is a downer. It just puts people down and keeps them down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like the man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the one one of the drawbacks I can see in the stats is it has a slightly higher reload time. Mm, um, okay. It's at four point six seconds uh, without the quick draw, compared to four point two for the M twenty four. And then from last week, we mentioned four seconds for, for the, the full car. reload on the car. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So 0.6 seconds more than the car, 0.4 more than the M24, and also the the tactical reload 
is at 2.3 instead of 1.8 for the M24. Mm -hmm. So just a little bit slower. You just, you know, have to hide your behind your rock or your tree a little longer during that reload. Yeah. Or hopefully, yeah, not out in the open. Yeah. There's one other stat I find interesting, but I just don't know what it means. Um, it has the lowest ADS modifier in class mm. um, at zero compared hmm. to 0 0.01 for hmm. most of the others. And I don't know what that means. Yeah, but neither do I. Also, like, the deviation is at zero. Um, most of the others have something. but I'm just going to take from that that it's more accurate. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I've been taking from it. Yeah. Yep. Just, mm -hmm. you know, you don't even have to worry about what numbers mean. Just, it's, like it's an accurate This bullet is going to go where you point. Um, yeah. Except for the drop. Yeah. So, yeah. that's nice and reassuring. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to use this thing again. Oh, yeah. And I'll tell you what, the arm with a silencer on it is one of the sexiest sounds in the game as well. Mm -hmm. Ah. Yep. And you'll need that because if you don't have a silencer, like the entire server will know that you have this gun. <laughs> it's so fucking loud. Yeah. It, depending on who hears it, they'll either go and torch you to get it or they'll run away. But <laughs> Yeah. But regardless, there'll be a lot of running happening. Just in case uh, it wasn't obvious, um, this is a magazine weapon. So you can put a quick draw or an extendo mag in it, which is nice. Uh, the extendo mag takes it from five bullets to seven bullets. So, you know, that's, mm -hmm. that's a nice thing if you have it. And yeah, the gun, right. the gun takes a muzzle, mag, and butt attachments, as well as the scopes, obviously. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, I guess the only thing it wouldn't take that's kind of related to this class is the bullet loops. Right. Obviously. Yep. Mm -hmm. Good call. Yeah, because you don't need it. So, yeah, that's the AWM or the ARM, as some people call it, the Arctic Wastage Machine. Mm -hmm. Actually, hey, one more thing. Yeah. Uh, just talking about muzzle attachments yeah. for this is I used to think when I first started playing, I thought that the flash hider would literally, as it says, hide the flash. <laughs> hide the flash. The yeah, you'd imagine that that's what that does, right? <laughs> yeah, I think there, it, it definitely stifles it, but the the flash is still visible. Right. Um, yeah. Now, this what's pretty kick ass about the silencer is aside from suppressing the sound, it also completely eliminates the flash yep. of the muzzle. So yeah, no question there. Uh, if you have a silencer, use it. And. Mm -hmm. You know, compensators don't really make sense on bolt-action guns, as no. far as I know. Um, no, nope, they don't. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, there you go. Uh, flash hider, take it if you have, you know, nothing else, and it's better than a compensator in, in the case of a bolt-action. But, you know, I always use a silencer, obviously. There you go. All right, I guess we're going to move to the military Let's base. Let's do huh? the military base. I have been so looking forward to featuring this. I've actually been kind of putting it off because I just wanted to savor the juiciness that is the military base. Yeah, it's on Erangel. I think this is like second only to the school in terms of how kind of furious it is and how mm -hmm. skill testing it is. Mm -hmm. So this is... Yeah, I love this place. It's There's so much just, fun. 
so many juicy locations. Like whenever I'm like parachuting down to it, it's like there's just excitement of how many people are there. Yeah. And it, unlike the school, just generally, it takes a long time for things to settle down here mm, because of how many does. people and how spread out it is. It's like yeah. each little area is its own tournament, right? Where <laughs> That's true. People who are going to come out on top you know, in like West, there's people who are going to come out on top in barracks. These people who are going to come out on top down in the Southeast by the air traffic control in that complex. Um, and then they're all going to have to go against each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. And then the circle is going to move in and they're all going to have to leave. So it's just, you know, it's, it's a very dangerous, it, there's a lot of different dangers to consider whenever you're dropping here. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, all there's so many of those locations that are like fun and exciting to me too. Like when I'm yeah. choosing where to land, it's like, oh man, like they're all so fun. Where it's, like I a, go? it's like a kid in a candy shop. That's the way I feel landing yeah. there too. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk mm-hmm. about some of these, uh, these different locations then. Um, the mm. first one that I put on the list here is, is partially just cause I've been dropping here a lot is the scaffolding. Mm-hmm. So this is like yeah. The, do you now? Do you try to land on top when you go there, or do you hit the ground level? Well, let me just make sure I've made it clear where this is. So this uh, is—it's this long row of—they look like radio towers or something like that. It's like a huge satellite array, and there's a number of kind of satellite-y looking things at the military base. But this one is—it's on the northwestern side, and it's just—it's just huge and long and brown. So yeah, it's it's basically got uh, there's a, a concrete base which spawns loot in a line along the bottom, and then on either end there's a like a square spiral-ish staircase going up, and then there's a platform on the top with some support beams that you can take cover behind. So yeah, this this is it's actually become one of my favorite places to drop here because i just find this particular mini game to be really fun um i find fighting on it to be really fun kind of like trying to get to the top and control the top of the stairs or um you know if you you know this happened to me quite often where i'll like find a sniper rifle and a scope and i'll just like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, just like chill on there and take people out. It's so much fun. Yeah. Um, yeah and man. the cover is not that great on it. So I think it makes for a balanced kind of mini game where like mm-hmm. you're quite exposed. And I've definitely killed plenty of people up there. Mm-hmm. But I've also killed plenty of people from up there. So it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a good time. Cool. I'm glad you like I I definitely like it, but I don't. It's not my first pick. Yeah, um, when I'm landing in that area, but mm-hmm. it's a it's a cool spot. Definitely had some fun scenes. Yeah, uh, pulled out. I'm, mm-hmm. It's and it's better. You know, it's probably a better choice for solos or duos. Um, I wouldn't try to mm-hmm. land a whole squad here. No, no, no. You know, if you have but, a whole squad and you want to hit it, then maybe do two here and two somewhere else. Well, yeah, two at the barracks is a yeah. good thing. Like yeah. one or two to the scaffold, and then other people to the barracks. And right. it's a great supplemental position right? Uh, to kind of have the high ground and help your squad. Totally. Yeah, that's a really great point. So, yeah, um, to answer your question, yes, I have tried to parachute and actually land on the top of it. And after trying it many times, I would not recommend it. 
Um, I would say that for every one time I've landed it, I've probably had at least two times where I didn't land it properly. And then what happens is your chute pops and you fall to your death. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, for me, it's just not worth it anymore, the risk. But, uh, you mm-hmm. know, if you like to live even more dangerously than you ordinarily do, then try for it's that. It's definitely, you know, there's a good payoff if you yeah, are good that's at true. parachute thing. You get yeah. first shot at the loot of yeah. top and probably on the top half of some stairs. So. Totally. Yeah. And um, just last thing to note about it, you're actually quite exposed when you're running up or down the stairs. So just try to be quick about it. I've definitely died and killed many people who have been in the situation of just trying to get from the top to the bottom or vice versa. Mm, and yeah, it, it's just, like it can no be a cover. tough place to get stuck. Exactly. It's kind of the, the barracks is situated uh, relative to the scaffolding such that the stairs don't really offer any cover if, if someone's shooting at you from, say, the West Barracks. Right, um, exactly. So you pretty much just have to keep moving uh, on those. Yeah. So. so speaking of the barracks, let's talk about those. Do you want to kind of give us an overview of those, Robin? Sure. So there's three of them in the northern part of the base, just to the east of the scaffold. And one is north, one's west, and one is south. So they're arranged in this kind of square pattern with the east being open uh, with no barracks there. And it's kind of one of the the prettier, I mean, the, in terms of the landscaping and whatnot, it's actually a really cool area. And I thought it, it was well thought out. It seems like a lot of things in this game, they just kind of pop some buildings around and like, there's a lot of weird, awkward open areas. And I wish I saw the courtyard of this being used more. I bet if they put some loot mm. there, it would see some more action. Yeah. But the courtyard between these buildings is, it's like a paintball arena. There's a bunch of wall. It's almost kind of, feels kind of mazy the way that the walls are arranged. Um, and offers some great cover uh, if someone else is on the ground. But if someone's in the second story of any of the barracks, you're, you're going to get taken out probably. Mm. Um, or you're more exposed to them anyway. Mm-hmm. And, there's a lot so, of foliage there too, isn't there? Yes. Yep. A lot yeah. of like I sometimes if there's a lot of action, I'll go loot up in one of the barracks, and then go hang out in the middle, like in a bush, and kind of like wait and see for a second to see like who's where, you know, where I want to go next, and mm-hmm. chances of someone finding me unless they saw me run there really low. Mm-hmm. So each of the barracks is two stories with roof access. Um, the one to the west, you can't from the outside. Yep. Yeah. Roof access from the outside. Yep. So yeah, there's an inside set of stairs and an outside set of stairs. An outside set goes to the roof. Let's see. So basically, oh yeah, the second story of the western of the western stairs, one is is like is, on fire or something. It's you can't it's access. It's like not it. accessible. I was gonna say that, so I'm glad you caught that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and these things are stacked. Like they. <laughs> yeah, they are. It's such a good drop spot. Um, mm. There's a lot of people know that of course that's why this is fun and so you're gonna have to fight for your loot um and Mm -hmm. it's just like you there's anything you can think of that spawns in the world like you're probably gonna find it somewhere on the base um Mm -hmm. and maybe in the barracks there's just Mm -hmm. a lot of loot in them and so the thing about the barracks is that's one of those classic questions of do you land on the roof or do you land on the ground and loot um inside first and I'm 
depending on how kind of I'm, if I'm feeling ballsy, I'll, I'll go for the roof. Mm. And a lot of people will kind of avoid them because you are so exposed. Yeah. And so, you know, with in solos, I almost certainly will land ground level and just go inside and try to like get one on one with people mm. on the roof. It makes sense if you're going to go roof with squads, uh, make sure your whole squad goes up on the roofs so that you can supplement each other. Yeah, or at least, you know, like being aware that the roof is is exposed. Like it's it gives you an advantage in that you can see more, which is great, but you're also other people can see you more as well. So mm-hmm. and I have to say that one of the juiciest targets when you're up on the scaffolding is the people on the roofs of the barracks. So right. That's that's exactly. a place you're particularly vulnerable from. Yeah, so, my I never do all three roofs right away. I'll just mm. I'll hit one roof, mm-hmm. get what I can, and then hang out inside because I know that people are on that scaffold looking at me. By the time yeah, by the time I'm looted up from a roof, they're looted up from the scaffold and ready to take me out. So I'm just I'll get inside at that point, and then once things settle down, I'll go check the other roofs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the barracks is just it's very like kind of uh, claustrophobic hallway shooting with with lots of tiny little rooms and this this is a place where you're particularly vulnerable to people vaulting in or out of the windows so Mm, that's 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 a lot of the the play to these barracks is the choice of of when do you vault through the windows versus or when do you try to control the stairs or when do you try to drop down from the second floor so there's a lot of that going on yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. vaulting totally changed the oh, way that yeah. these buildings can be used. Absolutely. Um, I think you could crouch jump through a lot of the windows, but it's just when you're like, when someone's right on your tail, you don't want to risk like screwing up a crouch jump usually. And so, right. um, but yeah, you can, it's pretty fun. The kind of like running into a room, jumping out the window, running down a couple of rooms, jumping through that one, coming back in through the hall. Like there's so much fun mm-hmm. stuff you could do. Mm-hmm. Um, there is one pitfall because there's a couple of rooms that do- the doors are oh, shut. That's right. And so, if you jump into the room from outside, you often cannot jump back out. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I saw this crazy ass scene where uh, someone got stuck in one, and he's playing squad. So he gets his teammate to come over. He has his teammate shoot him until he's a one hit. And then what he does is he, he counts down from three and has his teammate shoot him just at the time where he's jumping toward the window. And what happens is he jumps toward the window, gets shot by his teammate, and it puts him in the like crawly position yeah. in midair. And it makes him small enough to go through the hole in the window. <laughs> and he can that was crawl epic. Out and get revived by yeah, his teammate. So. That deserved a chicken dinner right there. Yep. Yeah. That's an extra extra detailed mm-hmm. um, tip for this mm-hmm. is if you get stuck in a room there actually is a way to get out but you have to have someone help you and you have to execute it pretty well yeah. you're just gonna you get shot too early you're just gonna bleed out in that room yeah i i learned that one the hard way mm-hmm. so on on the southeastern side of the main uh, military base complex there is an airplane control tower and mm-hmm. I know this has been a favorite spot of yours in the past, Robin. Yeah, I like it. It's a little smaller as far as the buildings go here. And so um, it also has three floors and an outside kind of deck. Mm. And I'll usually shoot for the deck 
and get the stuff outside and then you know you can run in and take the third floor in the second floor um and yeah good loot um i've always pretty much always find at least an ar and maybe a sniper um one of those two and there's always like the normal stuff of shoddies and maybe an smg mm-hmm. but for how small it is packs a lot of of loot and it puts you in this positioning on the base where you don't really have to worry about people coming from multiple directions. You're kind of at the the most interesting thing to the southeast. And so people aren't going to be coming from west. Um, actually, the only place people are going to be coming from right there is northeast, mm. where that bigger complex of buildings is, which right. I, I wonder what we should call that. Did you have a name for that? Yeah, I, it's, it's kind of like... Um... It's like the boiler rooms or something like it, or, mm-hmm. or maybe it's even like a little power plant for the military. Yeah, base. let's just let's call it that. It does okay. seem has a lot of kind of like large cylindrical. Mm-hmm. Looks like they could be generators or motors or, or some kind of power generation. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, let's call it the power plant. Yeah, this building is um, it's interesting because it's it's kind of like there's a number of smaller kind of antechambers. Uh, on some of the outside connections and then when you get into the main thing it's like these hallways that flank these long rooms full of whatever these are power generators Mm -hmm. and there's loot strewn in between each Mm -hmm. generator Mm -hmm. and it's a really fun building it's a fun place to fight yeah um and i'll tell you what this is like this is a place where um, SMGs and shotguns they really shine in this, especially SMGs. Mm, like if point. you if you can get like a, an Uzi in one of these buildings, it's devastating. Um, yeah, that's a great point. So, yeah, I don't know. Not I don't have too much else to say tactically about this building, other than the about fact about air that traffic control or the power plant. The, the power plant. It's it's yeah. kind of. Um, I find the loot in there to be so-so, actually. Mm-hmm. Like, I think if you're going for really high-quality loot, I would probably drop elsewhere in the military base. Mm-hmm. But Yeah, uh, it's a decent point. It's a good point. Yeah, I, I don't usually find anything super great in, in the power plant, but I just, yeah, the fighting in there is so much fun that yeah. I like going there anyway. You'll probably end up with a lot of 9 mil. You know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Um, uh, which you know there's a lot of stuff though and so you'll yeah. probably end up end up with meds and grenades um right. and like some a lower tier weapon mm-hmm. um which you know it's enough to at least you don't have to fight as many people for it that's so, a good point but but tactically one note is that between the generators that kind of forms these little aisles between the generators mm-hmm. um, that go to the wall and up against the wall, the generator is a lot smaller. It's only like three feet high, and you can vault over those parts ah, um, okay. or, or jump onto them. And so you can often use that because people don't traffic through those parts, but mm. you can use them to flank somebody if you're in a firefight, just mm-hmm. kind of move along that part. So yeah, it's the only real tactical thing I can think of that isn't obvious. Yeah. But it's a fun building to move through with, with a squad. Definitely. And to kind of like stick together. It feels really like the flow of the building. There's not a lot of uh, buildings in this game that have multiple paths to the same point. Mm-hmm. It's almost. It's usually kind of like no, um, like tree-like architecture where 
you have a node and then there's hallways leading to like smaller nodes right right and for this building that is not the case it's a much more like ring like donut architecture mm-hmm. where there's there's intersecting rings that can you can get around different ways and so more opportunities for flanking and get being flanked mm-hmm. so yeah that's more fun really really good stuff yeah uh-huh so and then there's a couple of other buildings in this complex which are like and i don't really have a language for them but there's a, like there's a few other single story buildings that have like um they're like garages full of cages right um mm, right up to the north of the power plant yeah there's one by the power plant and then there's one uh west as well and oh yeah yep, yep. so yeah it's kind of like there are these kind of garage-like side rooms, and then there are like these grids of of cages, is is what they mm-hmm. look like, or grills, yeah. metal grills, or something like that. And there's loot spaced like, in the grid. It feels like an Amazon fulfillment center. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, maybe it is like supposed to be an armory <laughs> or something. <laughs> this is this is where all of your cheap Chinese crap comes from, people. Yeah. Yeah. That's maybe that's the alternate story for PUBG is that it's just like each round is a hundred disgruntled Amazon workers who are like <laughs> battling it out to the death in some macabre uh-huh. corporate yeah. proving ground. You heard it here first, guys. People don't go postal anymore. People go Amazon. They go Amazon. <laughs> exact. You never know what's going to come out of that oh, box, geez, man. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, these are these can spawn some pretty good loot as well. And again, it's just there's a lot of corner peeking, there's a lot of uh very kind of tight, a lot of close quarters combat going on here. It's actually like a some of these buildings are a really great place to have like an S12K. Like mm, yeah. you know, I might I might like it a little bit more in the military base than than in your average like town or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. All right. Oh, so garages, containers, barrels. Man, I, I forget that there's even containers in the base because um, they're so out of play. There's no loot down there. You'd, yeah. And, it, and that's to the south, uh, mostly, where we see the containers and barrels. Mm-hmm. Um, the barrels container zone, It's really. I really like it when the end zone ends up down there yes, because it's, it's a so fun, much fun, tactical mm-hmm. place to be. It mm-hmm. feels like... I keep using the term paintball arena, but like yeah. there's just not a lot of places that feel that way in this game. And this is definitely one of them where barrels are pretty much perfect. I think if you squat or crouch, you're you're hidden from someone who's on the same level as you. And yes. so it's right. perfect for like sneaking around crouched and popping up and taking cover by crouching again. Mm-hmm. Um, really fun area. Uh, if they had loot, there it'd be more interesting. Yeah. Um, same as the courtyard for the barracks. Exactly. Um, mm-hmm. But so those are fun. If you yeah. end up there at the in the end circle, it's pretty much the only time you're going to use them unless mm-hmm. you're shortcutting from air traffic control area out to the west side. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we didn't really talk about that arrangement to the west. You know, it kind of starts with that fulfillment center, and there's some garages cl- cr- clustered around it, and then the garages continue westward. Mm-hmm. And they're actually. Right. I'm, right. I'm surprised at how many people choose to drop there. Yeah. Um, there's decent loot, uh, but it's a little bit isolated. 
I don't know. It doesn't feel as worth it to me as the other job spots mm. on the base because there's just not as much stuff. But, mm-hmm. you know, I see why people go there. It, it's good for conflict-averse people. And yeah. I've actually had some very successful rounds where there's like a little cluster of five garages um, that are closer to the middle of the base. And that can actually be a really excellent place to drop and get your first gun and kind of get your bearings. And you can often prey upon the people who've run into the nearby buildings. So mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. definitely, you can sometimes kind of, um, you can kind of meta game it to where you can be, you can maybe hold a choke point coming out of one of those buildings and just kind of ambush someone. Mm-hmm. So I've had some fun games doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it actually makes me think when I do move along there, sometimes I'll I'll get fire from people south at the barrels and the containers. Um, mm-hmm. People will try to kind of go there because it's not obvious that people would go there. And yeah. so it is kind of a smart place to go and scope things out and take people out who are trying to loot the garages and yeah that's the garages you were talking about right down there so well there's like a cluster of five of them and then kind of to the just a little further along to the west there's like a row of them as well right okay wow i didn't realize there were five over there yeah there's a lot i think there's five Mm -hmm. yeah um so yeah just a few other things to note about this place um there's a cluster of some houses to the west and that can be a place to go after you drop military base. Uh, there's also there's a road that runs just north of the military base that goes east to west. That's a great place to pick up a vehicle. And you will likely need a vehicle because the circle, more often than not, will be north of you. Um, you might need to cross the bridge. So just be aware of that. If you drop anywhere on the South Island, like bridge crossing and bridge trolling is just part of your life now. So... You know, you can actually have some fun. Like if you draw a military base and you're the first person to leave, you can actually sometimes just bridge troll and pick up all that sweet military loot. Mm. Yeah, good point. Yeah. Yeah. And another tactical thing to be aware of is that there are hills to the north of the military base. So if someone drops there and they find some sweet sniper early, they might actually post up in those hills and snipe down into the base. So Mm. that's another angle to be aware of. As people exit, yeah. There's some decent yeah. cover. I mean, they won't have universal sight because of the trees, but yeah, yeah they can maybe watch a barracks or something like that. Totally. Mm-hmm. There's also on cars, there's a lot of cars. The base is surrounded by a road um, in all directions. That's true. Um, except, I guess, east kind of goes to the mountain. But yeah. I didn't, I'm looking at the map, I didn't realize how many cars spawned in the base. Um, yes. along the south part kind of yes. between the, the base part and the runway right. there's five different spawns uh, some of them are out southeast where the hangars are mm-hmm. a bunch, like three different spawns no I guess just two out at the hangars and then there's one by air traffic control and then three others um, between, west of air traffic control and between the runway and the base so right you know i always go north for cars when i'm at the base but i'm gonna start looking south more mm-hmm. um probably fewer people going that way anyway yeah it's um, a viable option the only thing is that it's a huge open field so you're vulnerable to sniper fire and stuff like that right but they're pretty close to the infrastructure of that's the base. true yeah and that's so true. there's like one of them is at the southwest part of the containers and barrels 
Um, another one is directly south of kind of those five garages you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's these big, these four large cylindrical tanks out west of all of that. Uh, mm-hmm. There's one part south of that. So, yeah, cool. Yeah, you uh, got a lot of options. If I would seen like a car and lit game out there, I'd, I would have been like, oh, someone parked that, but nope. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's probably more than you ever needed to know, <laughs> or perhaps even cared to know about the military base. But uh, we could we could talk even more. About yeah, the base. I mean, we've only covered like you know a third of the possibilities of this place. So yeah, I just I highly recommend if you're with a squad and you're feeling spicy, or if you're just solo and you're feeling spicy, get some drops in here and just yeah, learn don't it. take our word for it. No, Go to the base yourself. No. Uh-huh. Yeah, because we're full of shit. Um, so, okay, m- moving on, transitioning now to our main topic. This is something that is really close to my heart, and I've spent a lot of time thinking about this. So I'm really excited to bring it up today, and I'm warning you, it's a bit of a soapbox for me. So if I start sounding a little preachy, you'll, know, you'll know what's going on. So, so brace yourself. So this main topic, a lot of what we talk about on this show is is what I would call like a little more like um, micro strategy or micro tactics. This is a really meta topic and um, I'm thinking about it more from a broad perspective of what mindset you're in. Uh, because I think mindset's very important in this game and I would venture to say that mindset is more important in this game than in a lot of other games. Maybe that's not true. Maybe any highly competitive game, mm. you know. But but anyway, it is very important in this game. And I believe, and I've also heard a number of pros say this as well, that one of the best one of the best ways to get better at this game. Experts agree. Experts agree. Nine out of ten experts agree that <laughs> the best way to get better at this game is getting into fights. Mm. And it doesn't surprise me that they say this because this is a game about fighting. So it sounds kind of obvious, but it's surprising how... And this happened to me. So when I started playing this game, I was just terrified. And Mm -hmm. I've never played a game that made me feel so conflict-averse. Like in every other shooter I've (laughs) ever played, I'm like, give me a gun, let me shoot people right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and there's something about just the the way this game flows that like it's terrifying and Mm -hmm. it i think it really does encourage a more conservative style of play in a lot of players you know i mean some people know what they're here for yeah yeah you know like some people don't (laughs) suffer from that but i think a lot of people do and so what I want to say about this is I actually think that it's a little counterintuitive that this game encourages you in some ways to play in ways that don't allow you to improve. So I'm going to say this again. Your greed for winning might actually be stifling your improvement at this game. And so let me pass this out. Why, why would that be? It's a game about being the last person standing. And so I think a lot of people take this angle of like, I'm going to be, I'm going to hide the entire game and I'm going to kill like the last two, one or two people. And then I'm going to win. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, okay, that works sometimes. Like, I think most people who play this game long enough will win one or two games or, you know, handful of games where you just are avoidant the whole game and you just kind of sweep in and you mop up at the end. 
And, you know, it's actually, there's, there's kind of a, there's so much I could say about this, but, but there's, there's definitely a dominant uh, line of thought that I think a lot of people who play the game more competitively or in the higher levels of play take, which is, um, you know, you'll, you'll drop as far away as you can, you'll grab a vehicle, you'll drive even further away, and you'll try to get a city to yourself and loot up, and then you'll try to uh -huh. just, you know, you're trying to maximize your survival into the late game, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm not I'm not going to pick apart this strategy um, today, even though it's it's really interesting to talk about. I think we could have a lot to say about that. But uh -huh. but I'm not going to deny that that strategy increases your chances of winning because I think it does. I think this game is it's, I can see why people use that strategy. It's an effective strategy if you want to win a chicken dinner. However, I think it's a terrible strategy if you actually want to improve yourself in the game. And the main reason for that is that the way that you learn how to fight is by fighting. And when you're better at fighting, you're going to have a better chance of winning each encounter that you have. And when you have a better chance of doing that, uh, you're just you're going to win more. Right. So I, I'm noticing that I, I remember one of the <laughs> funny things that were said or noticed about early tournaments in this game, and maybe it's still happening in tournaments, is that people would often, a lot of players would employ these uh, very conservative strategies, and it would lead to a kind of boring uh, gameplay experience, or mm -hmm. like at least um, observer experience. And I could see how, it's funny because in my head I'm thinking like, okay, Arjuna's right, that you're not going to get better if you play in these like really averse uh, styles. But at the same time, it the, the lower number of conflicts you have in a game, if you already have loot, uh, the more likely you are to survive, right? And so yes. it, it, I'm thinking in my head like, okay, but you know, if I'm in a, if I'm like playing a game that matters, and for some reason it's important to me that I need to get to the end of this game, like I could see like, at the end of the day, I'm going to play these conservative styles. You know, I'm not going to try to kill everyone on the map. But you're totally right that that's not going to make you better, and so. I'm kind of seeing a like, I think naturally a ratio forms where yeah. there's, as a squad, I notice we'll like have fun going into these high, high drop areas and having a lot of fights and, you know, odds are, and it usually works out the way that we don't make it past like the first like couple of firefights, right? Like we might win one, but we don't usually make it past like two of them um, or three. And so you have a lot of short games. Yeah, and and that's fine, and that's how you get experience. And then at some point, we're like, okay, we're kind of fed up with these short games, so let's try to win this time. And then mm -hmm. we'll do the like long conservative one. Mm -hmm. But if you're just doing the conservative gameplay, I think what you're saying is like you're not going to get that much better at this. And when you do end up in those firefights, and this is what I noticed in you when you first played Arjuna, is you would play conservative like all the time. Yeah, and I was like, all the time. Yeah, yep. And I was like, you should, uh, you should try to people sometime. <laughs> well, and that's exactly it is what I noticed. Yeah. I, this is what happened to me consistently. And I maintain one of the reasons I don't like the rating system in this game is that um, it rewards staying alive more than it rewards getting kills. And mm -hmm. I, what I found was that it was incredibly easy for me to make it into the top 10. Like, it, you know, even as a beginning player, it was not hard for me to come up with a way to make it into the top 10 without meeting anyone. Um, 
But what was incredibly difficult for me was actually getting the the important last kills and winning the game. Mm-hmm. And so I think that this is where a lot of players get hung up is that they're like, okay, I'm going to drop in some random cluster of houses and I'm going to daisy chain my way in and I'm going to just hide mm-hmm. in bushes and go prone and I'm going to make it into the final circle and make it into the top 10, you know, and then maybe you get a lucky kill on someone who was looking the other way or, you know, whatever. Great, great, but great. when it's like, you know, you versus like the actual good player who's been dominating, that they, they'll cream you. Mm-hmm. So I, I really, this is when I started to think about, you know, the problem is that I'm not actually learning how to fight in this game. Yeah. Right, right. And so I've, I've started to, and, and I've started to think about this, not just in this game, but in a lot of things in general, where I think if you, if you try to do everything right the first time, or if you try to win everything as much as possible, you are giving away valuable opportunity to improve. And so what I'm thinking about now is I don't play to win all of the time. I like to play more of the time to improve. And I think winning is a side effect of improving. So you will will naturally win more when you get better at something, right? Yeah. Also, it's a lot more interesting to play uh, to win to like get kills than it is to win because if you're playing yeah. to win you're going to be looting the whole game and hiding and <laughs> not the strongest points of the game um in my opinion yeah it's like when you bought this game did you think oh i want to play a looting hiding simulator i know exactly <laughs> like I, the hours i've spent looting is just yeah oh. you know if looting really is a satisfying sub game for you then go right ahead but it's I, like I, I, I just like rng just like give me stuff rng yeah like, yeah let me let me go explore yeah i just i want to drop on an empty map and i just want to loot for 35 minutes and then i want it to give me a chicken <laughs> dinner at the end of each one that's gonna be a fun game for me you know <laughs> So you can get stuck there. And I think it's really interesting how that happens. I think it's a it's an interesting psychological study. You know, bought mm-hmm. the game to fight people. And what I end up doing is hiding and looting. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's kind of a common flow. Like people are like, oh, shit, fighting's scary. Oh, my God. Like, I'm going <laughs> to, like, go loot. And then they, they kind of, like, gradually break out of it and start practicing more and getting into those firefights. I think it's a common pattern. I don't think everyone mm-hmm. does it, but I think it's a common pattern. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So, um, so I've spoken a lot about why you should do this. Now, um, let's talk about ways to actually up your game. So, obviously, a great place to start with confrontation is to drop hot. And this just means to drop at, a pl- at places where a lot of other players are dropping. And this is kind of, it's like your archetypal pro advice, right? It's like, oh yeah, drop school, man, you'll get better. That's like the, that's like the one sentence, like approach for, you know, for better players dismissively telling worse players how to get better. But there's a lot of wisdom in this. And I think where some people get hung up is they'll try, they'll like, they'll drop at the school or they'll drop at the military base a few times and they'll just get totally creamed. And, and then they'll get, they'll get kind of scared and they'll think like, oh, you know, this is why I never do this. And I'm just going to go back to my strategy of, you know, dropping on some remote corner of the map. 
And what I want to encourage you to do is to find find a drop which is like one notch higher than your comfort level. So if you're like comfortable dropping in like a place like Milter with, with two or three other shoots, then just try to turn it up a notch. Maybe you drop at Razak, right? Or maybe you go to Novo. Maybe you go, you mm. know, you just, you try to find that place on the map, which is like just a little bit more hot than you're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And and you work your way up to something like Pachinki or the military base or the school, um, or, you know, mm. Picado on Miramar. So I think that's important. If you drop too hot, you're not going to learn because you're just going to keep getting killed. And then, you know, um, my next point here is I think this is a really uh, a good way to get better at the game is if you survive your initial drop, what do you do next? And uh, something that I've done for a while and it's really helped me to get better is I just follow gunfire. So... I'll, you know, if I survive my first encounters and I don't know where other people are, I'll just grab a vehicle and I'll drive around until someone shoots at me or I'll I'll run around until I hear some gunfire and then I'll just run towards it. Mm-hmm. And it's just a great way to train yourself about positioning, about ambushing people, about um, reading, reading situations, about identifying where gunfire is coming from. Um, mm-hmm. you can build so many of those skills just by running towards gunfire. And then I know, you know, a tactic that you've, I, I, Robin, you've spent a lot of time talking about like some different fun game modes that you've employed to get better. Like, uh, right. can, can you think of any of those? I mean, it's pretty much always uh, about restricting the weapons you can use for me. Mm. It's like having some kind of weapons challenge. And so, um, trying a game like i i've for a long time was trying to get my friends to play just pistols with me and no one else was excited <laughs> it's a hard that. sell yeah because <laughs> i really i tried it a couple of times by myself and i find it really exhilarating mm. mm-hmm. um just that you have to do everything right and you know land your shots and i think even more is you have to get close range to people so it you can think of how what kinds of skills that might train if you're doing just pistols, mm, um, mm-hmm. where it's all in that case. And I think it, it trains these skills that are so valuable in this game, which is how to move and surveil without being seen. Yes. And how to get close to people without being detected. And I just think that's like... One of I, I keep thinking about different scenarios in my head as we talk about this game, and pretty much I always my, my head comes back to how do I move through the map in a way that gives me the advantage, and doing that with basically with pistols, you're going to spend most of your time moving. Like eighty percent, if you by the time when you see someone, the chances are you're going to spend eighty percent of that encounter moving towards them and getting your positioning, and then the t- next twenty percent is a firefight. Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you have an AR or a sniper or an LMG or whatever, you're pretty much going to engage like right away. And so using that, um, that positioning to give you the advantage, I think, um, you know, pistols will train you to do that. SMGs will probably also train you to do that. Um, you can, you can pretty much snipe with an F- SMG if you're good with it. You can, but mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's hard. 
And so it, it will encourage that closer range gameplay as well. And so I would encourage people to um, do either just SMG, shotties, and pistols um, every now and then, or maybe for a few rounds, and just see how that affects you know, your ability to move and um, whether or not you're able just to remain undetected and be stealthy. And, mm. you know, if not, you should do it more, um, I think. Mm. <laughs> I think, like, I just noticed the way that we play as a squad. And I, I think we do okay at it. It's hard to be undetected as a squad also. Yeah, Much that's harder true. than in solos. Yeah. But, so maybe it's not really, like, a good squad strategy. But I would say for doubles or solos, um, restricting the weapons you use and restricting your range is a, is a fun thing to try to hone that. So. Yeah, that's a really great point. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, we talk about Fuglet a lot on this show, but I think one of the reasons Fuglet is uh, so popular and so successful is that he did a series of these stipulation games where, you know, it was like revolver and crossbow or shotguns only, or, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, I, I learned so much watching his videos because he would have to modify his game to accommodate this different stuff that he was doing Mm -hmm. and watching him creatively solve that problem um, while, you know, applying all of the very basic skills in this game. Yeah, movement, leaning, um, just, you know, shooting at the correct time and at the correct range um, was just, it just blew my mind open to the possibilities in this game. So um, he's yeah, Foglet's great. Just just go watch his videos. Mm-hmm. You'll you will be a better player for it. Yeah. On the topic, actually, I just you know, I was thinking about squads, and I think I've definitely plugged this point before, <laughs> but I think that um, getting down some protocols with your squads and 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 I have this kind of daydream of having like a a little playbook that might just have like three or four common things that people do that, but you need to call out by name because they're kind of detailed and like they might be worth practicing um, is something to try. And another is to experiment with having a leader on your squad um, so that it just adds order when things get, you know, decision-making processes about where to go next um, and also kind of how to handle um, different firefight situations. I think it's totally worth it. Um, mm. of course I don't know it's I enjoy playing without a leader too because everyone can kind of do their own thing but I think that there's a lot of potential for a squad to be better um, if they're if they have someone who's kind of like keeping the bigger picture and able to coordinate the players um, in a way that makes the team stronger so yeah, that. it's that's... a hard one to achieve. It's a mm-hmm. very hard one to achieve. Yeah, but worth working on, right? Is the yep. thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's what this whole segment is about: is picking something to work on, and then mm-hmm. being methodical about working on it. And it's just mm-hmm. like anything else. Like if you've been in sports, or you know, any any skill that that is really hard, and especially ones that are really competitive, they take honing. And so it's just like you know. In soccer, it's like you work on your dribbling and you work on your shooting and you work on your passing, right? And these are all 
very basic skills that you have to isolate so that you can really specifically work on them. And I think you can do that in this game as well. Um, and, and I think you will see much faster improvement in your game by doing this than just by playing the game the same way you always play it. Exactly. You know, it's yeah. like, it's, and, and I've heard this saying, which I really liked, which is, um, don't polish your trophies, plug your holes. Mm-hmm. And I really love it because I think people have this tendency where they're like, oh, that thing worked once. I'm going to just do mm-hmm. that again. Or, you know, I've noticed that I tend to do well when I follow this specific series of actions, right? And so they just try to recreate that over and over with various levels of success. Well, you'll be working on one very specific thing and there's just so many other things you won't be working on while you're doing that. So, you know, I, I think these like identifying, if you just sit down with yourself and you say, what do I really suck at? Is it close quarters combat? Because a lot of people suck at that. Um, or is it, you know, maybe I'm just really not good at my sniping. You know, I, I really need to get more time practicing shooting with a four times scope and an M16. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are just, there's so many skills to master in this game. And if you enter a game thinking, I'm going to put myself in a position to practice this skill as much as I possibly can, you're going to mm-hmm. get a lot better. Yeah. Exactly. Along yeah. with the the challenge thing, um, I think that long range, getting good at long range leading and, yes. and aim is like really key. And even practicing zeroing, some players, you know, prefer to just figure out the drop and not use zeroing at all, which totally works. Um, but getting used to using zeroing could probably make you a lot better too. And so, definitely, I would recommend, you know, dedicating some some games like okay this time i'm definitely going to try to get a long range weapon with the scope and i'm not going to you know hold any punches i'm just going to fire as many shots as i can at long range just to hone that aim more so it doesn't always make like if you're trying to win it doesn't always make sense to shoot long range but dedicating some games to to always trying that um getting the high ground somewhere and just really practicing i think makes a lot of sense totally Mm -hmm. yeah i couldn't agree more you know or like, if you ever want to be good at the VSS, you need to practice with it. And so that's just, that's a good little couple hours right there. Just pick up a VSS every time you see it and just get to work. See what that bullet drop is like. See what the gun's mm-hmm. good for. See what it sucks at. Mm-hmm. I, I love that gun. <laughs> I actually prefer it. I'm used to thinking of it as a long-range weapon, but yeah. I actually I think it's perfect for a mid-range. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's probably taken you some work to get there right a little but I, I also was surprised at yeah. like the initial success I had with it yeah um, at like close and mid-range right well and that's see that's one of the cool things is when you pick up a gun that you haven't been using before and you start using mm-hmm. it you might discover that it's surprisingly awesome yeah so yeah yeah i just there there are just so many examples of this you know you can spend the entire game chasing crates that's a great way to get better you can you can try to just get all of your loot from dead people that's a really good thing to do so maybe totally maybe what you do is you loot until you kill your first person and then after that kill you only get your loot from dead people yep that's a fun way yeah i don't think i've even done that but i've definitely daydreamed about it and it's 
<laughs> it, it gets you in the action. It, it's, it does. It's what you were saying earlier about getting in those firefights it and does. keeping you out of you know the closets of the game. Yeah. <laughs> Get out yeah. of the closet. Get out of the closet, guys. You know you can you can spend the rest of your life in the closet, but in PUBG, just you know, mm-hmm. get out there. Mm-hmm. So I will say one thing. I will say, having said all of this, I definitely find in my matches that um, you know sometimes I just come to my computer and I say this match I want to win this match and I'll play it differently and that's fine. But I acknowledge that I'm not playing to get better in that moment. I'm playing to win. Mm-hmm. And another thing is that if I'm just dicking around and I'm playing my game and whatever, and if I suddenly notice that there are like 20 players or 15 players, or, you know, maybe I was chasing crates, but suddenly I have a really amazing loadout and all of a sudden I'm like, ooh, I could actually win this game. Then, you know, the machinery changes in my head and now I'm thinking, okay, what's going to give me the best chance to win? So I think you can have it both ways, you know, it's like, if, if you reach a point in the game where you're like, actually camping in this closet for the next five minutes is going to give me the, the highest chance to win this game, then maybe you do that. Mm-hmm. But I think switching out of the wanting to win mindset all the time is going to make you better. So, yeah, I think that's, that's all I wanted to say about that. Do you have any more thoughts, Robin? Uh, maybe we should just try to quickly summarize the main points so for me the top one is fight people yeah. um it is in some way in a lot of ways this is a survival game but getting better at survival is about being better at fighting than other people yes so do that fight them yeah. um try new things restrict mm-hmm. give yourself interesting challenges to help you hone specific skills um and and give you a chance to focus on a skill on a particular aspect of the game Another thing I would recommend is just drop places that you feel uncomfortable dropping. And mm. you all know it. You all know there are those places on the map where you feel like, oh, I don't want to drop there. Start dropping there. Mm-hmm. You will get better. Yep. In firefights, uh, once you start engaging with someone, always be moving, especially if they lose a line of sight on you. Don't stay mm. put. Mm-hmm. And... I think that high, this is going to help you flank them. It's going to help you, quote-unquote, rotate. And um, rotating is a little bit easier if you have high ground, I, mm-hmm. I believe, right? Mm-hmm. So imagine you're on a hill and you're shooting at someone down the hill or some, anywhere else. It doesn't matter. You can drop back behind that hill and move whichever way you want. Yeah. If you're down in a valley, much harder to do. It's um, true because your entire body is visible. That's the difference. Yeah. Whereas when yeah. you have high ground, only, you know, you can make yourself not hard to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That was a pretty condensed yep. summary. Yep. That was it. And Fight of course... People, make high ground, move. <laughs> yep. Keep moving. Be unpredictable. Try new things. Try new yeah. things. Yep. Take risks. And you will get better. All right. Well, thanks for joining us for another week. Um, this is hope this wasn't too boring for everyone. And next week we should talk about. So our weapon highlight for next week is going to be another versus feature. So we're going to do a pump action versus double barrel shotguns. Because I, I just always find myself like I don't know which one should I grab, but they feel mm. kind of like a toss up, and in, in a lot of ways they are. But we'll kind of dive into the the big differences and pros mm-hmm. and cons of each next week. Yeah. And um. 
Yeah. So just to and be clear, this is this is the pump action versus the long, long double barrel, not the sawed off. Yep, correct. Yep. yep. And yep. then of course the main topic was kind of main common mistakes and bad habits that pe- people have that they can fix. It's kind of a flip side of of this week. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, just send those submissions to winnerpodcast at gmail.com or you can post them in our show feedback channel in the Discord. And we just really love having you guys with us. I've had a lot of fun this past week playing with our various Discord listeners. So um, just just jump in and, and, you know, make a post and let's play some games together. And uh, I've, I've had several of our Xbox players approach me to play some games, so don't worry, I'm thinking about you guys, and I'll be reaching out to you soon, and just sucking oh. ass, it's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> right on, can't wait to get back to the States and, and play with y'all, um, and we'll see you next week. Thanks so much, see you next week. <laughs>